What's going on, everybody? This is the More Than a Game podcast. Thanks for joining us for our inaugural episode. I'm your host, Ethan Dursteller. We've got Al J. Salison on the producer board. We've got a great interview to kick off the pod. Our guest today is someone I've been wanting to talk to for a long time, Utah Lieutenant Governor and Republican nominee for Governor Spencer Cox. But before we get to the interview today, and I'm going to be quick here because I know most of you are here to listen to Spencer, I want to talk a little tour de France. You may not like it, the majority of America may not care about it, but I do, and you should. Let me tell you why. First reason, Americans love a challenge. We went to the moon. We beat the Russians. We've done a lot of really cool things. The Tour de France is the single hardest sporting event on earth. For 21 consecutive days, participants ride, on average, 110 miles and burn some 6,071 calories. To put that into perspective, in one day, a Tour de France rider burns the equivalent of 21 slices of Domino's pizza. They do that for 21 straight days. In total, a tour rider will burn about around 126,000 calories over the course of the race. In comparison, the average NFL offensive lineman will likely burn under 100,000 calories over the course of a 16-week season. Most pro soccer players won't even reach 50,000 calories burned over the course of a 50-game season. Cyclists are tough and worth watching. Second reason, as Americans, we think we're exceptional. And for the most part, when it comes to sports, we really are. We're really good at things, or at least we have been in the past. Cycling is the one exception, the last great challenge for Americans to conquer in the sporting world. Since Lance Armstrong is retroactively disqualified for his seven tour victories, only one American, Greg LeMond, has won the tour, and it's been going on since 1903. Finally, cyclists are just pretty cool people. Julian Alaphilippe, the great hope of France and this year's Tour de France favorite, is wearing a $120,000 watch in this year's race. I don't care who you are, that's pretty neat. Tour riders are in general pretty funny dudes and a lot more fun to watch than American athletes for the most part. And so, for the next two-ish weeks, you will find me scrolling through my phone, eagerly watching clips of the Tour de France. My father, an avid cycling fan, will wake up at 4 a.m. each day to watch the race live. The Tour is the pinnacle of sports, the very tip of human athletic achievement. I hope you all give it a shot. All right, now that I've got that off my chest, we'll go on to our interview. Our guest today is someone I'm really excited about, Lieutenant Governor and current Republican nominee for, U- for the Utah uh, gubernatorial election, Spencer Cox. I had a lot of fun on this interview. Lieutenant Governor was very gracious with his time and touched on a lot of topics I hope you find interesting. I know I did. Uh, without further ado, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. We're here with Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. Hey, Ethan. It's great to be with you. I'm excited. Thank you. We have a user-submitted question I want to start out with. Uh, this user observed that you are a big sports fan on Twitter, and, and they stated that uh, if you're a fake sports fan like many politicians, you're a really good one. Uh, are you truly a sports fan, and what's your background in sports? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, it's not an act. Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm not good enough to, uh, to, to try to be something I'm not on Twitter. In fact, I, I, have, a, I have a philosophy on social media that, uh, that it, it is, and politicians are especially bad at it, yeah, um, yeah. in that they've traditionally used, they, they tried to use uh, social media the way they would use old media. And uh, it just it just doesn't work that way. I my philosophy is that you should be the uh, if someone only knows you on on Twitter and they met you in person that you would be the you would be the same person. And uh, so that's that's really important to me. Um, I also surprisingly I don't like politics that much, and so um, I hate political Twitter. Um, but I certainly love uh, sports Twitter. And and so yeah, my, my back is I, I just grew up uh, like like a lot of kids in the state um, in rural Utah really obsessed with sports uh, my, my greatest love was it was always basketball um, unfortunately uh, I was a late bloomer 
and so it's a bad combination to be short and slow. And uh, and so, um, but but I made a mean church ball player, uh, one of the few people to get cut from their high school team twice, dumb enough to try to uh, to go back a second time. Uh, but we, uh, but but I love basketball. Played basketball my my entire life. Um, I actually uh, I played tennis in high school and mm-hmm. uh, come from a very uh, athletic family. My my younger brother got all the uh, got all the athletic skill though. He was the uh, uh, an all state quarterback uh, for North Sampete uh, back in in, uh, in in 2000. And uh, so we we played a lot of football at our house too. And uh, mostly though, you know, growing up, I was a huge jazz fan. Um, we grew up a, a, a BYU family. Uh, I became an Aggie when uh, when my wife agreed to marry me, and so now we're we're uh, we're all Aggies. We cheer for the the other blue, and uh, it's it's uh, we 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 attend as many sporting events as we we possibly can, and and that's just what we do as a family. I mean, I'll I'll go home, and uh, my wife and kids will be on the couch screaming at the TV, uh, you know, watching the Jazz play or or, or whatever else. So uh, my wife is also she's very athletic uh, and uh, played sports all throughout high school. Uh, her dad played football for uh, Weber State, and uh, and so that's just that's just kind of who we are. That's great. We'll talk a little uh, Aggies and jazz and jazz basketball as we continue on in the interview. You know, there's no college football this fall for Utah State, uh, but BYU is playing. As an Aggie fan, what are your plans this fall? Are you going to compromise on your values and cheer for BYU? <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, we we will cheer for any sports this fall. It's 2020, and it's been a tough <laughs> year, and uh, we we desperately need some wins. Um, I, uh, I, I actually, I, I'm good friends with coach Sataki and, uh, he's, he's just a great guy and, uh, I'm excited for what they're trying to do with the program. They're very disappointed that we're not going to have any, any Aggie football this year. Uh, that's, uh, that breaks my heart. We try to get to, uh, at least a couple games every year. So that's going to be tough, but, uh, and, and this is where the politician does come out of me. Uh, we, 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 uh, as, as the, uh, as the Lieutenant governor of the state, I, 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 I'm contractually obligated to cheer for everyone. Oh, that's great. My next question was going to be, you know, if, if you go to the game, if you go to a Utah state BYU game, do you have to wear neutral colors? Like, do you wear a, a, a nice, you know, beige at the Utah state BYU game? Yeah, well, you do, you, the good news is that Utah State BYU can get away with just blue. Uh, sure, you could, you could pull that off. Uh, the, the hardest for me was when uh, when I was when, when I went to my first uh, uh, University of Utah game because you know growing up as a BYU fan and then becoming an Aggie fan, neither of those things really gels with the uh, the University of Utah. And uh, and they you know they handed me the red shirt and and I got to sit in the uh, in the student section in the must there. And uh, I have to say they treated us so well and we had so much fun there that uh, they, uh, they, they converted me over and it's, it's been easy to cheer for all of those teams. So, uh, but, but certainly the Aggies take priority over everyone else. That's good to know. A lot of people listening to this pod, you know, will be from Logan. And I'm sure, to, uh, sure that I will love to hear that the Aggies uh, take priority in your sports fandom. Uh, let's do some rapid fire Aggie questions uh, for you, uh, Lieutenant Governor. Aggie football or Aggie basketball? Wow. God, that's asking me to like choose between my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I guess, so it was Aggie basketball that converted me to okay. being an Aggie. Right. So, um, and, and uh, it's the, the crowds there have just been, uh, have just been tremendous. 
and uh, I, I, th there's such an atmosphere there. Um, when I was going to uh, when I was going to Utah State back in you know 96, 97, 98 timeframes, uh, the football team struggled uh, <laughs> a little bit, and yeah. so it was it was a little rough. It was hard to be a it was hard to be an Aggie football fan, but but basketball was uh, was what converted me, and uh, and so I, I guess my heart probably starts there. But um, we've we've had so much fun with the football team over the uh, the past few years. I got to go up and and spend some time with the the team um, before they played Tennessee a couple of years ago, which was which was great. And uh, um, I I had a in fact one of the the young men in my in my church uh, uh, responsibilities where uh, grew, grew up there in Fairview and, and ended up playing for Utah State and uh, we we had some fun. So so I, I just love the football team now. I remember growing up the same years you you just mentioned you were at Utah State. I was about five years old. And the football team was so bad that I'd go to the games with my dad, and there would be no one there. That's no, no. That's exactly right. And and you know, it's it's a it's a long cry from the glory days. Of course, I, I you know when I was little, I, I wasn't a um, I wasn't a Utah State fan. And of course, back in the Merlton days, you know, Utah State was a it was a really big deal. Of course, that that's that's before my time. Uh, but uh, but we we lost a little bit of that luster for a while. And uh, and then over, you know, with Coach Anderson and, and then things started to come back. And it's it's just been uh, it's been really fun to see it happening. You know, people in, in Cache Valley and Aggie fans in general, I feel like we're, we're in a honeymoon phase right now for football. You know, we can win six games and it's not near as bad as it used to be. So everybody's happy. You said that your love for the Aggies started uh, with Aggie basketball. So I have a controversial question for you. Who is the Aggie basketball goat? Is it Sam Merrill or J.C. Carroll? Yeah, so I I loved Carol and and obviously again that's when I was really coming into uh, to my love of Aggie basketball. But um, what what Sam Merrill did uh, in the uh, in in the in the tournament games, um, I, I we've never seen anything like that, and and that's just so I'd probably give just a slight edge to Sam Merrill. I'm so disappointed that we didn't get to see what he was able to do during the uh, the NCAA tournament. In fact, uh, one of the last people I met before things went crazy with the coronavirus was Sam. He was here at the Capitol uh, on, on the next to the last day or the last day of the uh, legislative session. And we got to spend a little bit of time together and uh, just, uh, he's just such a, a consummate professional, the way he carries himself. And uh, I think, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of him hear hear a lot of him in the NBA um, over the next few years. So you think he'll get drafted? I do. Yeah, I okay, absolutely okay. do. Hopefully he goes to the jazz, right? We could use a little bit of outside shooting. <laughs> we, we 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 could use uh, a few things right now but uh <laughs> sam would be uh would be a great fit on the uh, on the jazz and he's just that that's the thing about him i mean he's he's uh he's just got ice in his veins and uh a guy who who seems to rise to the occasion every moment uh you know i looked at that game seven when uh when no one could hit a shot for the jazz and uh you know looked like the 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 new york knicks of the the 90s it was a brick fest out there with both teams i mean you know it seems that we're averaging 120 in the bubble you know both scored 78 80 points and uh we could have used sam merrill uh, down the stretch hitting some of those those big shots when when things get tight he he really responds yeah we could use some sort of offense uh you, you said you met sam merrill at the capitol do do conference champions or state champions do they visit the capitol similar to how pro sports teams visit the, visit the white house 
Yeah, yeah, we we love to do that. Um, the the legislature and the governor we bring in uh, we bring in sports teams from across the state who have had success during the year, and uh, and so um, Sam got invited down uh, just again on the heels of that, and and, and you'll you'll recall. So this was uh, this was basically right when Rudy tested positive. That was the last week of the session. I think that was March 11th. And, uh, and then the very next day, the, the NCAA tournament got canceled. And so that was the week that he came to, to visit and everything was in flux. But, uh, but we, we got to celebrate a little bit the, uh, the, the, uh, the WAC championship and just his incredible play during, during that run. I know my producer Ajay is a, a fierce defender of Sam Merrill being the the Aggie basketball goat, and I'm Team JC. So you, you bolstered his argument a bit here. Uh, moving on to pro sports a little bit, uh, as the lieutenant governor uh, and potentially the governor of Utah, you know we have the NBA and the, and the MLS based here in the state with the Utah Jazz and Real Salt Lake. Uh, is there a pro sport uh, league you'd like to see come to Utah in the future, or is there one that you think would be the most realistic? Well, so I, I have to give two different answers to that question. So, um, you know, what I would like to see is what everybody would like to see is an NFL team here in the state. But I also recognize the the reality of that uh, with, with any expansion plans the NFL might have and, and the size of our market uh, makes that uh, a little less likely. So, so, yeah, that's what I would like to see when it comes to, you know, what is possible. Um, I, I, we've, uh, we've looked at, and I know others have looked at very closely, the possibility of a major league baseball franchise here. And, uh, I, I do think that that is much more realistic and, uh, certainly the, uh, the, the Miller organization and others who, who, um, with their experience with the jazz, um, their experience with the, uh, the bees and, uh, and minor league baseball. Um, I, I do believe that there is a time in the future. We are one of the, well, we're the fastest growing state in the nation over the last 10 years. Um, we've proven that we are um, an incredible sports market for for a smaller market. Uh, we we punch well above our weight uh, with 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 fan participation, um, the uh, you know the ability of franchises to make money. Um, RSL is one of the uh, the best major league soccer franchises in the in the country, and uh, and so it's certainly gotten the attention of uh, of other um, of, of other uh, sports uh, franchises out there looking at Utah, and and I think I think you'll see that. I mean, I think one of the reasons that. Um, that Las Vegas was able to get the Raiders wasn't just because of the Las Vegas market, but because they know that the Utah market uh, is, is ha- has the ability and will support and help support them in a franchise. That will be the closest team uh, to, uh, to, to Utah. And uh, we're, we're crazy about sports here, whether it's at the collegiate level, the high school level uh, or the professional level. And, uh, and, and it is getting noticed across the country. Sure. As, as you know, I work for the NFL and I know we have a list of potential expansion cities uh, have leagues reached out to to you or to the governor's office and let you know that Utah's on the list of potential expansion, you know, cities or states? Um, do they have those conversations or, or are those more conversations for, for down the road? Yeah, that's that's more of a conversation down the road. We certainly have conversations with them, and and uh, we 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 try to keep regular contact with them. We have a sports commission here in the state of Utah that does some amazing things, and in fact, they're they're tasked with bringing events to Utah. And of course, there's the big events that we talk about all the time. The Olympics being the biggest back in 2002. Uh, the All Star Game, the NBA All Star Game in '93, which is coming back here in a, in a couple of years uh, in in '23. 
we're very excited about that. But but hundreds of events every year that they bring in, uh, you know, motocross, golf events, um, all kinds of events that that sometimes archery that that we may not think about. Um, but they uh, they have regular conversations with uh, with all of the different uh, sports and commissioners across the uh, across the country, just letting them know that hey, you know, if you if you want to, we, we we've had conversations about the potential for um, a, a preseason NFL game or exhibition games that could uh, that could be played here. Um, a, you know, it would make sense for the Raiders to have a, a preseason one preseason game here, uh, just to, to gin up fan interest and and convince people to to you know travel down to Vegas. Uh, it, it can drive down there and and uh, and and support that franchise. So those are the types of things that are happening. And and uh, certainly in the past there's been conversations with Major League Baseball and uh, w- those will those will definitely continue. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. You, you know, with COVID-19, you've been praised for keeping the state open for sports. Um, you know, the NWSL had their back to soccer tournament here, and I think a lot of people enjoyed having that that in the state. Um, were you contacted by any other sports leagues as, as maybe a backup city uh, in the event that, you know, certain teams couldn't play in their their home city due to different COVID-19 regulations? So we, we haven't had those direct discussions, um, but we, we have certainly been, as you rec- recognized, um, we've, we've been recognized across the country as a place that has stayed open and that has these incredible facilities. And so um, w- what's interesting, you talked about the Women's Soccer League, which was awesome. And uh, we, you know, we kind of showed that that bubble idea could work and it could work here. Of course, the NBA is getting a, a, a tremendous amount of attention for that. Um, but the, the, uh, the, the first sporting event national sporting event to come back to the country was golf but but like a week later after that first golf tournament we had a huge motocross event here um we had over 800 people associated with that um so participants and teams that came in and uh we had um zero positive uh, coronavirus tests uh, come out of that and so we we kind of showed people that you could have these events um obviously there were no fans involved at that time but um, there was, uh, you know, there were dozens of hours of, of uh, television footage that came out of that when when uh, networks were desperate for anything to put on TV uh, because there was no original content being made. And uh, and so between those those two events and and now high school football, um, we were the, the first state to bring back high school football. It's been going now for three weeks. Other states have been looking at Utah, what we've been able to learn through that. Uh, we've had a couple games canceled, but uh, so far, you know, fingers crossed, we're headed in the right direction. And it's just, you know, it's so important for um for our young people who play these games, uh, you know, just devastating for kids who who lost part of their senior years and uh, what that that means for them. Um, there's a mental health aspect to this as well, and, and then just for all of us uh, trying to have some sense of normalcy in this in this chaotic time. I think it's why. Uh, the NBA playoffs has been such a, you know, such a godsend to people that we've been able to watch and and not feel so out of place. I mean, I know there's no fans there, but you really don't notice it that much. It's been really impressive. Uh, Major League Baseball has been a little tougher uh, when, when you watch it. I, I, I feel that the fan, you know, not having fans there is a little more jarring. Uh, but uh, but we're we're also desperate for for anything to kind of lift our spirits and, and make us feel like we're connected again. And and uh, Utah is open and willing to play that role as much as we possibly can. 
So this is More Than the Game podcast with Ethan Durstiller. We're joined today by Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. Lieutenant Governor, you mentioned high school football. As a former high school football player, I can't imagine what it would have done to my psyche had had my senior season been canceled. Uh, and, and for what it's worth, a lot of my colleagues at the NFL have reached out via email or Zoom and said, hey, we're watching Bingham uh, Corner Canyon on ESPN. Tell me more about Utah. Uh, so, so I think it's been a, you know, a great exposure for high school, high school football and, and for the state in general. Uh, you mentioned the Olympics. You, you know, all my friends here in Utah are ski bums. I'm a big ski bum. Uh, and when I mentioned to them that I was doing this interview with you, they all wanted to know, uh, when are the Olympics coming back to Utah? Are the Olympics coming back to Utah? Yeah, the, the Olympics are coming back. Um, the, the question is when. And uh, so we, uh, of course, um, have been working really hard on this over the, the past few years. And I, I just, it, it's really remarkable what, what Utah was able to do. Uh, th- there was a decision made um, in 2002 when the Olympics came that we wanted to do everything possible to really preserve uh, the, the facilities that were here. And, and so there was a, a foundation set up, a fund that was sent up to, to do that. And, and that's allowed us to continue to bring Olympic caliber events back here, um, you know, speed skating, skiing, uh, anything related to Winter Olympics, we've been able to uh, to bring back here over the years. And uh, that that put us in an in a incredible position for, for a couple of reasons. One, Utah was one of the uh, the Olympics that actually made money. Um, that that was always a, a concern and a problem for people across the uh, in other in other nations is that the Olympics uh, would, would lose a tremendous amount of money and it would it would hurt economies instead of help economies. And so people became more wary about uh, even bidding on the Olympics. And, uh, and, and so because we were so successful in, in 2002, and because we have these facilities, it allowed us to, uh, to kind of move to the, the front of the line. And so we were, we were able to get the, uh, the, the, the nomination from, from the, the U.S. Olympic Committee uh, to be the, the next Winter Olympic host from, from the United States. And now, of course, we're, we're working with the, uh, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee. Uh, to get that bid. And so while, while we don't know exactly what year that's going to, to come, um, we feel very confident that we'll, uh, we'll be able to get it sooner rather than later. And uh, that's certainly the, the, uh, the goal and the anticipation, and we're, we're moving towards that. No, that's, that's awesome. Uh, two more quick questions for you, and then I'll let you go. I know you're a busy man. You mentioned at the top of the interview that, that you don't like politics, particularly p- political Twitter. Uh, I'm right there with you. You know, I've I've lived in D.C. for three years, and I've I've quickly realized that if you want to be a miserable person, you should argue about politics. Uh, y- you know, today there's a lot of folks, especially since I've come back to Utah during the pandemic. Uh, there have been a lot of people that have mentioned to me that they aren't going to watch sports anymore for political reasons. Uh, do you have advice for people that are boycotting sports for for such reasons, uh, or, or how can we continue to use sports to continue to strengthen our national and state fabric? while avoiding the political toxicity that comes in modern in the modern day sports landscape yeah this is this is a tough one right um and uh and i feel bad for people who didn't watch the jazz play um the 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 past couple weeks because they they missed some of the best basketball we've we've seen in our in our lifetimes i mean you know what donovan mitchell was able to do is was really historic he he did some things that only michael jordan or Allen iverson have have done and and so i so i feel bad that people were able to miss that one of the things i would say is that 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 sports has always um had 
uh, had kind of a social movement piece to it. Uh, if you go back into the the, the 60s and, and even earlier than that, um, sports has, has, has had a, a way of bringing us together, but also allowing people whose voices we may not have listened to in the past to, uh, to have a voice. Um, I, 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 I don't like the, the, politicization of, of, of sports. Um, it's, it is an escape for many people, but, it, but at the same time, I think it's important that we, we try to listen to those voices and at least understand their position and where they're coming from. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing or one way or the, the other. Um, we may have some disagreements with, uh, with the way people are expressing their voices and that's okay. And I, I've said that before, you know, I, I believe in, in standing for the flag and, and saluting the flag at some that's that's ingrained in me. It's something that I care deeply about. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't try to understand why um, Donovan and others feel the way that they do. Um, and and in so doing, it's it's really helped me to see some things and some problems that I didn't know existed. Uh, you know, I, I was actually talking to a good friend um, after the first jazz game in the bubble, um, after they they knelt for the anthem, and he said. He said, you know, I'm, I'm so sick of this. I'll, you know, I'll never watch the jazz again. And, and assumed that I would agree with him. And, and what I said was, he said, what do you think? And I said, well, um, I think you probably haven't talked to any black families in Utah recently. And, and he said, he said, you're right. I haven't. And, and I said, I said, look, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you what's right or wrong here, but, but all I would ask you to do is to, to read a book. I'm going to recommend a book to you. And uh, the book was Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson, um, who I've gotten to know. It's an incredible book about um, black men um, on death row in the South and uh, kind of the history of reconstruction in the South and really opened my eyes to some things that I didn't understand. Uh, and then I've had a chance over the past several months to sit down with black families across Utah and just hear their experiences and um the the uh, i i've been kind of i've been shocked to, to learn some things that were happening that i didn't know were happening and you know, these aren't people trying to get attention they're just just trying to live their lives and uh and it was really sobering and so um those conversations helped me understand better why uh, why these players felt like they needed to do what the, what they've done and, uh, and and so I, I had a I had a conversation with the Jazz um, the team uh, just last Saturday um, in the bubble. We did a Zoom call um, similar to this, and was able to talk to them about some of the things that are happening here in the state of Utah. Really positive changes that, that were a long time coming. That this has been a catalyst for. And so I guess my my encouragement to everyone would be to. Um, instead of making a, 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 a rash decision about never watching sports again or, or um, the opposite, you know, dis, uh, unfriending and, and disowning everyone in your life who, who doesn't want to watch sports anymore, um, but that we would, this would be a catalyst for conversations where we would just say, hey, I'm going to set aside my, my life experience and I want to learn about your life experience. You know, I'll never know what it's like to be a black man in Utah. I can't, I, I just can't do that, right? But what I can do is I can talk to black men in Utah and ask them about their experience and I can listen and learn. And, and, and once I do that, then I might be able to share my experience with them about why, you know, why standing for the flag is important to me. And, and I think we can, we can come to, um, to a better place and, uh, and a healing place, which unfortunately is not happening in our country right now. Uh, no, 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 it's not. Uh, I appreciate that answer. Thank you. Um, you mentioned Brian Stevenson. He's a hero of mine, and I'd love to follow up with you uh, on your friendship with him. Uh, we have time for one more question. You mentioned at the top that the uh, the Jazz need a little bit of help uh, going into next season. 
what moves do you think the Jazz need to make this offseason? And uh, is Rudy Gobert a supermax, uh, a supermax worthy player? So I, I don't. I say they need a lot of moves, but they're not. They're not big moves. The they're right there, they're right, right there, right? They're right there. I mean, I mean, the you know, we basically in Game Seven ended up playing six players, and uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the, the they made all the right moves in the offseason last year. They they just didn't work out the way we we had expected them to. I, I mean, um, of course, uh, Boyan was out. Right, we, losing Bogdanovich was huge, and, and we can't uh, we, we can't say enough about that. If he healthy we win that series and and that's easy um some of our rotation players that were supposed to make a difference i mean jeff green who's now lighting it up for uh for the rockets of course um was exactly the type of of wing player a stretch for you know a guy who can can play multiple positions and defend multiple positions he's exactly the guy we need we needed a backup for uh for rudy and we had that backup and it just didn't work out you know it just um so so they 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 brought in the the they had the right idea we just missed that so I, I really think we're one good wing defender away and uh and and then just a, a backup for rudy and uh and, and maybe one other um ball handler uh you know i'm i'm, I'm not I'm not sold on our backup point guards right now, uh, but th- but that's it. And these aren't big money people. I, you know, I don't think we need a, another superstar, although it would be great. Um, but they're they're just a, a couple small pieces away. Um, I, I don't I don't think I would go super max Rudy. And look, I love Rudy. I'm a huge defender of Rudy. Um, but uh, the, you know, the history of of, of guys over seven feet tall uh, with injuries, uh, you, you go super max, and a couple years from now, you you could really regret that. Um, I, I don't think he would get that kind of money anywhere else either. Um, he's he's an all star. Uh, he's he's the anchor of our defense. He's everything we want and perfect complement to Donovan. Um, I think we can get him for uh, for a little less than that, and so I wouldn't go full super max. But he's he's definitely worth uh, worth a another another massive contract great hey well i know you're a busy man uh, i appreciate your time and thank you again for coming on well it's great to be with you Ethan. i'm so excited you're doing this uh, i can't wait to listen to uh, to all the episodes in the in the future and uh, we're just so excited to have your voice here in utah <laughs> well, well, well thank you i appreciate that I- i'm excited to be doing this podcast and uh, and we'll make sure to send some of the episodes your way <laughs> sounds good uh, that was lieutenant governor spencer cox we'd like to thank him for coming on he he, he was fantastic this has been the inaugural episode of uh, More Than The Game podcast. We appreciate uh, all you listeners tuning in. You can find us at uh, on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you would like, rate, and review. Maybe share with your friends. You know the show. Find us at 1069thefan.com, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.